I'd like to welcome those who are watching online. Uh, it's, uh, it's always good to have you online. So if you're at home watching online, go ahead and get your Bibles out and turn to, uh, we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 22. Uh, and just, uh, just we're going to be wrapping this, uh, the whole chapter or the whole book of 2 Samuel up in just a, uh, another week or so. So um, excited about that. It's good to be with everyone tonight. If you'd like to go ahead and open your Bible, that's exactly where we're going to be is 2 Samuel chapter 22. Uh, it's interesting that we're, we're really kind of coming to a close. We're coming down to the end of, of David's, uh, David's reign, so to speak. Uh, he's going to be a little older uh, as, as this chapter talks, says some things that, that sort of uh, uh, indicate that. His age is he's up in years. We learned last week that he went into battle uh, towards the end of his life. There are a couple of accounts with the giants that he actually, uh, his men told him to, st to stay home. You're no longer in the battle. You can't hang with us. And so that was kind of interesting to see where he's, where he's grown. And we've actually gone through this entire study from the, from the, from the very beginning of his, his life to uh, as a young boy all the way through his kingship. And uh, so tonight's, tonight's a very interesting chapter. It's, I would say, almost a chapter after my own heart because it's, it's David's uh, very transparent writing. Uh, so uh, with that, um, well, you know, I'd just like to say there's, we, we spent about an hour and a half last night uh, in an elder meeting, just, it was a shepherding meeting, talking about the needs of the body. Uh, there's, you know, people that are, you know, having certain illnesses and some people are going through cancer treatments and surgeries and it was just a really good time of, prayer. And I, I just think that it's such an important thing that we pray and that we lift up needs, um, especially um, as the body and as elders and as pastoral staff. And I know that even during staff meetings, uh, a, a huge amount of time in a staff meeting of our church staff is devoted to prayer. It's not just, you know, logistics and those types of things. And I, I think it's important to be a church led by prayer uh, because it's incredibly important. And tonight we're going to uh, pray uh, just at the beginning, but we need to just remember, um, you know, if you can think of someone just in your own mind of those who are suffering or those who are in need of prayer, um, we'll certainly have a time just to lift them up as I pray. So let's open with prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your blessings and the opportunity to gather tonight, Lord, to study your word. Uh, we thank you for the people that are both here and that are both and are also watching online. We pray for those that are uh, home right now online that, that just uh, are either infirm or they uh, just have had a rough day and just simply couldn't make it. Lord, we just thank you for the, the, the joys of technology where we can actually live stream it into someone's home, your word, Father, and then it can also be recorded for, uh, for anyone across the world to watch. And I think that's just amazing and I thank you for that, Father. Lord, we do lift those people up. We lift up the people that are struggling, uh, that have uh, are having issues with cancer in our own body, Father. Um, cancer uh, and people that in our own body, Lord, that uh, are struggling with, that they've had surgeries, um, sicknesses, illnesses. Um, Lord, we ask that you just uh, come alongside them, comfort them, Father, uh, in, in, in any way you can, Lord. Uh, we always want to pray for, um, for this cup to pass, so to speak, Father. Uh, Lord, we, want, we, want, we would love for everyone to be healed of their, whatever they're going through. Uh, above all, we want your will to be done, Lord. 
Lord, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the narrative and of, this, of the Old Testament passage we're going to go through tonight, Father, um, how it will inform us and as an example of what, uh, how we should praise, Lord. And so be with us tonight. Lord, I, I ask the Holy Spirit, Father, to uh, just simply illuminate the text for us. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So tonight we'll be in chapter 22. And if you noticed, well, if anybody did their homework, I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to have you raise your hands. And if you didn't, that's quite all right. I wasn't the best student either. Uh, but I, chapter 22 is, is completely different than anything we've seen so far in, in 2 Samuel. In fact, it's obviously very reminiscent of the Psalms. And in the Psalms, it's actually nearly identical to Psalm 18. So it's written by David. Many of the Psalms were written by David. And so you'll notice uh, as we look at this tonight that it is just a different type of writing. It's a song. It's a poem, so to speak. And, uh, but before we, we dig into this, uh, I just want to kind of do a brief intro just to place us where we are right now and what was going on at this time uh, in David's life. So we know that David has taught us many things. Through the life of David, over the, um, over the course of this teaching, he has uh, shown us his battle between flesh and spirit. We know the things and the, the, what he did when he was acting out of the flesh, and we also know the, the wonderful things he did when he was acting and walking in the spirit. That's one thing that we've taken away, I believe, from the life of David. Another thing we've taken away, I believe, is is David's contrite heart, something that we all should strive to have, that contrite heart that was um, the Lord honored and was just, I think it was just, a, it's a neat example. It's another one of the things in David's life, one of the things that's a standout and from Psalm 51, that, that is he had a contrite heart, and many other examples in, uh, in 2 Samuel uh, where he had a contrite heart, where he knew that he was wrong and he wanted to fall back under the Lord's leadership and, and listen to the Lord and what the Lord was saying. Another thing about David that we maybe haven't really seen quite until, up until this point in chapter 22 is his passionate and transparent relationship with the Lord. Now, we have seen it in much of what we, many of the passages and the narratives that we've gone through. But to actually look and, and right here we have an example. And like I said a couple weeks ago, it's almost like it's a peek into his diary, so to speak. And it's a, it's a very intimate song. And this particular chapter is nearly a summary of his entire career as king and, and as, a, as, a, as a young man, a middle-aged man, and an older man. And it's sort of a summary of and a song of thankfulness for God's deliverance because David was delivered from many things in the hand of many enemies. So tonight we're going to be focusing on the third thing. So we, again, with David's life, his battle with flesh and spirit was all in and out of this, this particular book, the Bible. His contrite heart was a big thing. But tonight I want to talk about praise and his, his lifting up uh, the Lord's name and his praise directly to uh, the Lord. So just in context, I always like to provide some kind of context. Again, this is towards the end of David's life. David is, a, is an older man. He's, I would guess, in his 70s, which is not really old, but it's older in the, in the reign of a king. Sorry. 
in the reign of kingship. <laughs> Let's say late 70s. Um, but but uh, he's, uh, he's up in his years. And what I, what I mean by that is he is wise. His body may be frail and not what it once was when he was, when he was killing lions with a slingshot and bears, but his wisdom has increased his knowledge of the Lord, his relationship with, with, with the Lord. Anyone that seems to be over 60 years old seems to have a, just, just a sense of wisdom and uh, a certain type of relationship with the Lord that is just unique. It's unlike some, someone that's perhaps younger. And that's just seasons and years of walking with the Lord and learning to rely on the Lord. That's where David is in his life right now. And it's very evident as we kind of go through this tonight. Uh, Israel at the time of this writing was settled. There was no major conflicts going on. So just contextually, that's what's happening. Uh, another thing about this is that David at this point was aware of the Davidic covenant. He knew the Messiah was going to be in his lineage. And so there's a lot of things that we understand and know about what, what David knows at this point. So it's interesting to know what, what he's aware of as he writes these things, because it becomes evident in some of the things he says here uh, that th those are the things he's aware of. So uh, what I would like to do is, is just, I'm going to give you a summary. And I, I sort of, tonight, I want to take and, and go through this. Typically, we'll, we usually go verse by verse and get an understanding of, of what's happening in the actual passage, and then we kind of break down the passage in, in a little more detail to just get a good understanding of what's happening contextually, and then also what lessons are to be learned. But in this particular chapter, it's just, it's, it's, well, it's pretty long. It's like 50, was it 50, 51, 50 uh, verses. But I want to give you a general breakdown. If you're taking notes, um, I looked through a couple of very interesting commentaries written by some biblical scholars, and I thought the summary was, was really interesting because if you just read it at face value, it, it sort of has a pattern to it that you begin to pick up on as you go through it. And so I want to kind of briefly describe the pattern. And then after I get done with that, I'd like to kind of move into really a focus on praise tonight. It's not necessarily a topical sermon or sermonette. It's a Bible study, but we're going to focus on praise tonight. Okay. So Follow along with me. Now, I don't know that you'll be able, it'll, we'll have to kind of, if you want to look at your Bibles as I do this, it might be skipping and jumping quite a bit. But if you're taking notes, I want you to write down some of these main points as we go through a couple of chapter bunches here, okay? So, chapters, or sorry, verses two and three, okay, if you want to write this down, are the He is. It's a summary. This is an overall summary of, of the chapter and who Christ is, who God is. So, I'll just give you some words. He's a, he's a rock. Now, I don't, you don't need to write these things down because I'm going to go pretty fast. All you need to write down is these first two verses are that he is. He is a rock. He is a fortress, a deliverer, a shield, salvation, a stronghold, a refuge, and a little, a little bit later on, a lamp. I wanted to add that in. So it describes the, the, the physical nouns that, he, that Christ is to David, that the Lord is. Um, 10 through 15, verses 10 through 15 are the sort of the he dids, um, uh, the things that, that he brought from heaven to earth. This is, this is what is happening during some of the battles. And so the he dids, um, he, he bowed the heavens, he came down, he rode on a cherub, he made darkness his canopy, which I thought was very interesting. 
um, he thundered from heaven, he sent out arrows and, and scattered them. Those are things then that he did, he, that he did during the battles. Those are kind of a summary of all the battles that David had. He sort of summarized into some of those things. Now we move into, uh, and I'm just going through these quickly because I, there's a reason for it, but uh, verses 17 to 25, and this is, a, this is where it gets personal, okay? If, you, if you're following along, to, this is what Christ did, what God did for me, the personal account. He drew me out of the waters. He rescued me from my enemy. He supported me. He, re he rescued me again. He delighted in me, and he rewarded me. So very interesting to look at the way these, these are written here. We move into verses 26 to 28. These are, he's talking about God's character in general, okay? Um, you, these are sort of the you do's, if you want to write that down. You are merciful to the merciful. You show yourself blameless with the blameless. You deal purely with the pure, and you save the humble. Those are the you do's. Now, I find it interesting that as we move into 32, it's almost, it's almost as if he kind of stops for a moment. And I just love the way this is written. And I'm sure there's probably, if, if you go back to the, the Hebrew, it's probably written because I know some of the Psalms were written uh, in an alphabetical type of thing. It was for singing, but I think it still applies with, with whatever's going on here. But there's a question. There's, there's an interrogative here. And it says, if you want to look at verse 32, it says, For who is God but the Lord? And I can imagine this being sung corporately, right? Even though this was probably a, a very intimate personal account, but I'm, I guarantee it's going to be sung because it's repeated again in, in, in the Psalms. But so it says, for who is God but the Lord and who is a rock except our God? So we have a question there, which, which I find interesting. In verse 33, from 33 to 46, um, this is basically... Um, during battle, this is powered by God. These are detailed events from the battle, his rule over Israel. So I'm not going to go through all of these things, but this really talks about his enemies and how God came in and rescued him and pursued him. It's just this very specific answer to who is this God? Well, here, here he is and here's what he did. Um, so a lot of, and that goes all the way up to 46. Verses 47 to 49 are a praise or a summation of the praise of deliverance. Um, and I'll just read it. The Lord lives. You can read along with me. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation. There's actually, I think there was a song. Yeah. The Lord liveth and blessed be the rock and let the God of my salvation be. Yeah, it's amazing how a song can come to mind so quickly. The lyrics to a song. That's why songs are so important. And it's so important what we sing and that what we sing in church at Vera Bible Fellowship is theologically sound. How many lyrics are going through your heads from the 70s and the 80s? Secular stuff. Like it sticks in your head. But how better to have, and I bet, I'm not going to bet, I would guarantee that many of these songs that are in the Psalms are recorded and were just sung. Just like we would sing, you know, Sweet Home Alabama. You know, just, just you have the lyrics stuck, and they would just know these things. And, and you go, well, that's a lot to me. No, it's not. That probably is one song, right? You know, so I just find that really interesting. Uh, so there's the song there. But let the, God of my, the God who gave me vengeance, this is verse 48, and brought down peoples under me, this is David directly talking, who brought, to, who brought me out of my, from my enemies, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from men of violence. 
Um, what a great summary that is right there of, of, his, of the deliverance that David afforded, or that, excuse me, that the Lord afforded David. Um, interesting, now 50 to 51 is different. It still is a praise, but there's, there's some real deep stuff in here that we're going to get into. And I, I'm kind of excited about talking about this tonight. But 50 and 51 is really a more of a resolve. For this, I will praise. So all these things he lists, all these things the, the Lord did, and then he comes to a very conclusion here, and he said, in other words, because of this. So for this, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. You could put the word Gentiles in there. And sing praises to your name. And a great salvation he brings to the king, sorry, to his king, and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Now that's a loaded verse right there. We're going to come back to that, okay? So, as we kind of go back and we look at the beginning of this, I want to kind of unpack a little bit more in detail. That was just, a, again, I like to do the flyovers, the big picture of what was happening in this whole thing. So you can see how it's written. David talks personal accounts. He just generalizes what the Lord did. He'll talk about specific things in the battle. Uh, he, he names the Lord for what the Lord is. Um, so if we go back to verse 22... I just want to start with this, and then I'm going to get into something else. And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Now, it does say from the hand of Saul, and it also says the enemies. And this is not a one-time event. This is something that David very likely spoke over and over again. It was simply, it was a song. And so originally, uh, it was a song. We don't know when the first time it was recorded, but we can go back to Saul and it's probably something like this was what originated when he was delivered from Saul. But it was also something that was repeated after he was delivered from his enemies. And so I just want you to know that as we begin this chapter, uh, these are words that David is speaking directly to the Lord. He's not just announcing it to whomever, it's to the Lord. And so with that, let's just kind of go back to the original thing I wanted to talk about, and that's simply praise. Again, we're going to be going through this uh, song of deliverance. Um, we're not going to dig in as deeply as other chapters uh, because it's, it, it sort of is what it is. If you were to try to take this and pick it apart and go, well, what does it mean that the arrow, what does he mean by arrows? What does he mean by thunder? We could do that, but it would just be more of a, a historical lesson, I think, at that point. So tonight I'd like to talk about praise. So let's start with what is praise? What do you know of praise? Okay, I always tend to like to go, if I'm looking up a word, I like to go to the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It was written in 1828, and, and, uh, but it's, it's a very uh, biblically-based dictionary. It's a great dictionary. So let's say what praise is. Webster's 1828 Dictionary says, praise. You don't need to write this down because it's lengthy. But uh, now, a commendation bestowed on a person for his meritorious actions themselves or anything valuable. Approbation expressed in words or song. Okay, so we're going to be looking at the verb part tonight. So here's the verb. The expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred, a glorifying or extolling. Note the word glorifying. That's, that's a key right there. So uh, as a believer, assigning due glory, here's, here's kind of a de definition that I kind of wrangled in my own little brain might be wrong, might be right, but I think it's pretty close. As a believer, praise is assigning due 
glory to our Creator and Savior for everything that exists and everything that happens. Now that's pretty broad. That's a giant broad brush sweep, but it, that's what it is. So praise to our Father, to the Lord, is for everything that happens, everything that exists, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, because everything is for His glory. Amen? So let's, I'm going to go through the classic standard, uh, who, what, where, when, why. So we talked about the what. Praise is generally, um, it's, it's an extolling, it's a, a giving due, due glory to someone or something. And in this context, it's, it's giving glory to God, right? So that's what David's doing, and he's bringing glory to God. So let's get into the why real quickly, okay? So why should we praise the Lord? I wish, this was, I wish we didn't have live stream it sometimes because we could do a question answer type thing. I'd like to do that, but, but why should we praise the Lord? Well, let me just give you some reasons why we should praise the Lord. Because He is worthy to be praised. If you're taking notes, He's worthy to be praised. So, well, another thing I'd like to point out here, in fact, go ahead and turn, if you will, to Psalm, say, 146. Psalm 146, just kind of hold your place in, in 2 Samuel 146. Because as I was looking for the word praise, I think it's listed over 200 times. But if you just start with 146 and just, just begin to look at the first few lines, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. And then it just goes on and on and on. Chapter 147, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our Lord, for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. Right? 148, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens. That's occurring right now. Praise Him in all heights. Praise Him, that means all heights, heavens and on earth. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon, inanimate objects. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. And then it just goes on and on. But 149, praise the Lord. Sing, a new, sing, sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Uh, 150. Now, 150 I'm wondering if I'm going to talk about that later on because I'd like to read the whole thing. It's only six verses, but let's go. Let's look at 150 and just kind of read it because this is the very last uh, verse in the Psalms. And boy, does this just, if there isn't something that sums up praising the Lord succinctly, here it is. Let's read it. So praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. What does that mean? That means in the temple. That means in church. That's where you're going to praise God. That's one way, right? Praise Him in His mighty heavens. That's what the angels are doing. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the bass guitar. Pra <laughs> That's Bob. Praise Him with the tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so that's why we're commanded to. We're, we're commanded to praise. It's a, it's a command. 
let's just get right to the point. So it's a command to praise the Lord. He is worthy. So that's why we praise the Lord. That's one of the reasons. It's one of the biggest reasons. Another reason, if we look, go back to 2 Samuel chapter 22, and let's look at verses 17 through 25. We're going to get back into our text. Here's a reason to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord because He sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. And it goes on and on through, through all the way through verse 25. We don't need to read the whole thing. We're going to be coming back and forth to this. But to proclaim what God has done. That's the third thing. So the first reason is because He is worthy to be praised if you're taking notes. The second thing is that we're commanded to. That's the, the Psalms are replete with uh, commands to praise the Lord. So the third thing being to proclaim what God has done. That's what David's doing right here. He's looking back and describing what God had, has done in his life, good and bad. Uh, so that's the third thing. Um, if we look at verse 32, I would say the fourth thing is to assign glory to God to assign glory to God. That's the fourth reason why God should be praised, because we want to assign glory to God. It says, for who is God but the Lord? He is the Lord. He is the salvation. And who is the rock except our God? Uh, it's very exclusive. David is assigning glory to the Lord. He is assigning the right glory that, he, that the Lord should have. So it's, it's pretty clear right there. And if you look at... The next thing I have is to tell others of His glory. That's the next thing. So to tell others of His glory, if you look at verses 31 through 35, those are all, those, these, are things, these are the things that answer that interrogative question. So who is, who is, so David says, for who is God but the Lord? This is verse 32. And who is a rock except our God? Well, he answers that. And this is to tell others of His glory. This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer, and He set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. So He's describing in those, those several verses to others, He's proclaiming it, who God is. And that's, that's one a reason why we should praise the Lord, is to tell others of His glory. The final thing I have written here is interesting. And you got to stick with me on this one because it took me a while to, to wrap my head around this. But I think it's one of the most important points. So the last thing, the reason why we should praise the Lord is to complete God's intention in us. I'll explain it in a second here. To complete God's intention in us. So I'm going to read something for you from... A guy you might have heard of, his name is C.S. Lewis, okay? And out of a book called Reflections of the Psalms, he wrestled with this. C.S. Lewis, early in his life, um, well, early, let's say early in his Christianity, his coming to Christ, he, he wrestled a bit with having to praise God. Because if you have to do something, then what's the joy in it or what's the reason? So here's what he wrote. Stick with me. I'll try to read this slowly because it took me a couple times to get through it. So this is from C.S. Lewis, specifically in regards to what I just talked about, that 
the reason we should praise the Lord is to complete God's intention in us. So, here he goes. The most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything, strangely escaped me. I thought of it in terms of compliment, approval, or the giving of honor. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise unless shyness or fear of boring others is deliberately brought in to check it. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses, readings their, read, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game, praise of weather, weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, colleges, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, and even sometimes politicians or scholars. I had not noticed how the humblest, at the same time most balanced and capacious minds, praised most, while the cranks, misfits, and malcontents praised least. Except where intolerably adverse circumstances interfere, praise almost seems to be inner health made audible. I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? The psalmist, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak about what they care about. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. It is an appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till expressed. If it were possible for a created soul to fully to appreciate, that is to love and delight in, the worthiest object of all, and simultaneously at every moment to give his delight perfect expression, then that soul would be in supreme beatitude. The Scotch Catechism says that a man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. But we shall then know that these are the same thing. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify Him, God is inviting us to enjoy Him. I just find that really interesting that, that God has designed us so that the act of praising and bringing Him glory is a completion to our relationship with Him and to our serving Him. And to, it's one thing just to kind of go, hey, isn't God great? But to praise Him and give Him honor and glory completes that cycle, that whole circle is complete. It'd be like going, you know, seeing an incredible sunset or sunrise and going, oh, interesting the way the atmosphere does, you know, but for us to go, wow, look at the, look at, here's the general revelation from God. Praise you, God. Thank you for creating this sunset. Well, that seems elementary. That's the completion of our relationship and our interactions with Christ. So to give Christ pray to give God praise, one of the big reasons is I believe it completes His intention in us, and I think C.S. Lewis kind of stated that well. And I don't want to reread it, but I just 
It took me a few times to go, oh, I, I get it. Because without that praise and without uh, assigning glory to something, then it's just something, right? Make sense? So I thought that was kind of a unique look on why. So again, tonight, a bit more topical, but I just wanted to do a dive into praise and what it's about. So the, the who we're going to praise, what we're going to praise, why we should praise. Well, when should we praise the Lord? Here's the next one. If you're writing topics down, when? Well, I think everyone's going to initially go continually, right? So let's turn to Psalm 34 just to get, just to get some scripture backing here so it's not just me making stuff up. Psalm 34. I'll wait till you guys get there. It's right about, that's in the first third anyway, of the Psalms. And I think we'll see at the first verse, you'll probably snicker a little bit because I'm asking you when we should praise the Lord. This is of David. In fact, this is of David. It might even say this in your, in your Bible, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. So that, he drove, so that he drove him out and went away. So here's what he says. Here's David. Verse 1, I will bless the Lord, praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. End of story, right? There it is. I don't think I really even need to make, to, to go further with that because he then begins to describe all the things that the Lord has done. But back to that, get, get stuck on that first verse right there. When should we praise the Lord? Continually. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's hard. It was hard coming here tonight having, it's always, my wife laughs, it's always the white trucks. If they're going to do something bad in traffic, it's, if you have a white truck, sorry. But the white trucks, this guy was, I mean, he, he was right on my, I'm going down 58th and I'm like, and I thought, may the, may the praise be continue on my lips. What was that Pastor Greg's uncle used to say? Bless you, brother. When the, you know, but like that, it, continually. So that's not always easy. But sometimes it, sometimes it kind of helps mitigate things. But, but back to the text. Sorry, I don't know where I got that from. But um, continually. Uh, as we're driving down the road, you know, sometimes I'll be going to work in the morning and the sun's coming up. Um, or the fog's rolling in, like this morning. And um, I just, I, I think a grateful heart that is praising the Lord goes a long way. At the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, and sometimes middays where we kind of forget about it, you know? We're in the middle of work, we're, the phone's going off, we're in the middle of things. Um, uh, but it's a good reminder that right here, um, David's saying that, Praise the Lord, let the praise be continually in our mouths. And that's all the time. So continually, that's the first answer to when. Back to Samuel 22. Skipping back and forth here. And I'm just going to point at the actual chapter. During a hardship, that's the second one. That's when praise should be on our lips. That's when we should be praising the Lord, is during the hardships, during the storms, during the hard times. Um, it's not easy. There may be people here tonight that are that are... You've had a day like no other, and you're, you barely got here, you know? And to, to have that praise during that hardship or when something's on your mind or something's rolling through your head, those are, the, those are tough moments right then because it puts us in a position where we're just kind of, we're not happy, and that's about the last thing we want to do. But sometimes simply doing it because we're commanded to do it will change our attitude. 
It'll change our, you know, like people say, it's hard to sin when you're praying. You know, it's hard to sin when you're reading the Word of God. Well, it's hard to stay in a bad mood sometimes when you just stop and go, I'm just going to praise the Lord right now. And I'm just going to lift His name up and thank Him for being able to breathe today. You know, so that's that's a, a good option. And, and this whole thing through David's life, we've seen time after time the hardships and being trapped and your walls up against caves and hiding in crooks. And, and he constantly prays the Lord. And I think that's an important time to do it is during hardship. The third thing is during the good times. And I got to be honest with you, sometimes that's also a hard time to do it. Sometimes when things are going so well, sometimes we just forget. Life gets going and it's just everything's happy and, and great. And, 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 you know, sometimes with, say, medical issues, you know, that's why sometimes in life I've never been closer to the Lord when I've had to be, when everything else is stripped away. But when things are really good, you know, and there's, hey, what movies are going, oh, to watch a movie and let's do this and everything's going fine, sometimes we just sort of, that gets set aside. And I think it's important during those times to, to always, it should be a habit almost, you know, praising the Lord. It should be something that we just conversationally do. Good times, bad times, it should always happen. And I know it's not always easy. I understand that. Uh, one thing, if, if we just, it's in the, ch- in the same chapter we're in. I'm not going to bounce you too much. Just look at 47 through 49. 47 through 49. The, the, the last thing here is, is in this particular when is after a trial, when it's over, okay? The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and, and exalted be my God, the rock of my soul. And the Lord who gave, notice the past tense, the Lord who gave me vengeance and brought down peoples under me This is past tense referring to battles. Who brought me out of my enemies, past tense. You exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from men of violence. Right? Praise the Lord. I'm sure that there's probably everyone in this room has been through a hardship. And after that hardship, even though it was difficult, and maybe you praised God during that hardship, maybe it was a long hardship, But when it was done and you could reflect like David's doing here, he's reflecting and looking back at his life. And he's going, here's what you did. And I remember these times and I praise you for those times. And so after after hardship is really um, a great time to share and a great, uh, excuse me, a great time to praise because I use that share intentionally because that's the time that sometimes is a great time to share with others that the Lord brought me through this trial. The Lord brought me through this thing, or, or I went through this thing, and you know how I got through it? The Lord, He brought me through it. Did it come out the way I wanted it to? Not necessarily. But the Lord, in His, in His, in His sovereignty and in His providence, did this for a reason. And that's why I'm here today. And I want to praise God for that. And that can be a testimony right there, just declaring what God did in your life. I think it's important. And that's who should hear it sometimes. So when should we praise the Lord? Continually, during a hardship, during the good times, and then after a trial. I think it's great. So for what should we praise God? I'll try to move these through, through these a little quickly, but for what should we praise God? Yes is the answer. <laughs> yes, you should, everything. So for what He has done. Psalm, you don't need to turn there real quick, but I'll, I'll just read out of Psalm uh, 
150. We, we were already there, but I'll just read uh, for what he has done. Praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Now, what he has done could be the thing he did last week. It could be the thing he did last month, the thing he did today. But really what he has done is he's made a way for us to be with him eternally. He sent his son to die on the cross so that we would have a right relationship, an opportunity to have a right relationship back with him, to give us, to, to have his son pay the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice. That alone is for what we should praise God at all times, no matter what we're going through. That's the biggest thing. Uh, now, obviously, there's other small things. And in, in, in here, um, let me go, I think at the end of 2022 20, 20, here, uh, let's see here, let me see where I was on this. Yeah. So, so it says in, in, in verse 50, I know we're bouncing around tonight a bit. This is still in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 50. Uh, for this, and he's re- referring to everything he's done. For this I will praise you, O, o Lord, among the nations. Now, let me see where I have this in here. Yeah, so let's read this. Starting in 50. For, I, for this, because uh, I told you I want to come back to this. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. And again, that word nations right there, that could be swapped out for Gentiles, okay? Uh, and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Now, just kind of hold your place there. I'd like you to turn to Romans. We're going to crawl up to the New Testament here and go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And before you start reading there, just just let me just describe something what's going on. Paul is talking to the Romans and he's making a case that Christ came for not just the Jews, but for the Jews and the Gentiles. Okay? Just to give you context, right? So let's look at Romans 15. We'll start in verse 8. Christ, the hope of Jews and Gentiles. So here's Paul speaking. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Stop right there. Flip back. Paul is quoting 2 Samuel 22, verse 50 says, for this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. Paul is going back to what David said and using that as reference, because as he's talking with the the Jews and the Romans, he's using, and then let's continue on here, he's using this, and and he goes, and again it is said, he quotes this again from Deuteronomy, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And then verse 11, and again, this is from Psalm 117, written by David. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. 
And then verse 12, and, I, and again Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, this is from Isaiah 11, and he, and he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. That's interesting. So here's Paul, here's, here's Paul making a case for Christ, that Christ is coming for both the, came for both the Jews and the Gentiles, and he's going back to affirm this to the word, which was, that was the only word then, back here, what's written here. So back to 20, back to 22. Or I'll say it again, for, for, I'll quote verse 50 again. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great salvation. So this right here is part of the, the future telling, the, the forecast, the, uh, the, the Messiah is coming for all. It's right here. And David's quoting this in the Song of Deliverance. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Right? David was aware of the lineage. He was aware that Christ was going, that's the Davidic covenant. And so I just really, wow, what a way to end that song of deliverance. And David right there is talking about Christ coming for both Jew and Gentile. Amen? I just think it's really, really neat. So um, that's a reason enough to praise God, is that Christ has come for all. Right? Yes. Amen. <laughs> just fun finding that. Um, so Psalm 30, I'm just going to jump real quick. I, I have written down here for the third thing. So the second thing was, uh, for what he continues to do. I'm sorry, I didn't give you that title, but for what should we praise God for what he has done, what he continues to do, which he continued to do from the, the Davidic covenant forward, praise God. And then for the good and the bad, I have written down here. Psalm 34, um, is just I will bless the Lord at all times, and I think that's why I wrote that, because at all times we should be giving, you know, it's, it's hard to give God praise. Like I said, we're kind of going back up a little bit, but during the storm, during the trials, I've never lost a child. I've never gone through some things that some people have gone through, and I, I don't know how it, what it looks like for them to, to praise God through all things. I, I don't know. I'd like to maybe talk to some people. Um, I've had some trials in my life. I've had some very bad hardships. Um, and I, I look back at them and I, I, they, they ended. And so for someone to have something that's sort of ongoing, uh, my, my, I have a dear aunt and uh, she lost her son. Um, and it's just so difficult to, to figure out how, you know, how to apply that and how people go through it. We've all been through different things. Uh, but it says right here, uh, continually through the through the thick and the thin, through the hard, um, and uh, I don't know. It's just I think it's part of God completing His work in us, and I think because it's easy in the good to to give God credit for a beautiful sunset or the fact that you know something you someone was healed from something, but with a great loss to 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 give God praise during that must do something different in a way but still completes us. And so I, I just, uh, I, I guess I, I have a lot of sympathy because I don't have a lot of empathy because I don't, I've not been there, but I just, I, I imagine it would be very difficult through times like that. And so I, I would encourage anyone who has had something like that or had a great loss that, uh, you know, that, that hasn't gone away or that just continues uh, to continue to praise the Lord and to continue to, to give Him glory. Um, 
we're commanded to do it, but um, but it's got to be difficult. Let's just put it that way. But I, I think we should do it. And I think it, it, it's a in a way brings healing. Uh, I know it did for me in certain areas of my life. Uh, so, well, the last thing I have written down here is how do we praise the Lord? How? And uh, that's kind of a no-brainer. I don't need to look up too many verses for this because, again, the Psalms are replete with this. We can maybe simply turn to Psalm 150, and we don't need to go back to it, but, you know, with the bass guitar, we can praise God. And <laughs> the banjo, with the banjo, it's a six-string instrument. It's for like the lyre, right? So I'll just, I'll just say some things here. Through song, was it five strings? I'm sorry, not ten. <laughs> uh, Here's a neat way to praise the Lord, to give honor and glory to Him, is through song. Now, I play guitar because I can't really sing very well, and so I can praise the Lord through my guitar and, and make pretty noises, what I think are pretty noises, uh, but in song, it's interesting. There is individual song, and there is corporate song. Together as a body, lifting up the name of the Lord and praising Him has to bring I don't, want to sign, I don't want to sign something, but I bet the Lord delights in that. The Lord does talk about that in His, in his Word. Uh, when we sing corporately, it's, it's a way that we are praising His name. When we sing privately, that's a way to praise His name, right? In the shower, singing in our own head, humming something along, that's a way to do it. In prayer, prayer is another one. Prayer is a way to praise the Lord. It can be individual and private, or it can simply be, or it can be even corporately. That's praising God's name. In conversation, uh, this can be conversation with someone, just in general, just the, the two of you, or in a group setting, we can praise the Lord in that. In fact, it can actually slip into conversation very well. Sometimes it's actually uh, maybe an icebreaker. Oh, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. God is good. Oh, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean God's? And then, but you're in, you know, or great, uh, doing fantastic. I'm having some, you know, this, I kind of went through this thing, but, but God is good. And he's, he, he kept my feet steadfast. And, and sometimes just praising the Lord, praising his name can be a witness. And it is also praising his name. So conversation with someone, conversation in a group is a great thing. And I would even venture to say in this day and age, as much as I hate it, uh, social media could be an opportunity to praise the Lord. It, it gets people's attention. It may strike up a conversation. I know not everyone's on social media, but it could be another platform. It's a kind of a conversation in a way. It's different, but it is a conversation. Simply putting a Bible verse up, maybe someone will see that and go, I, I affirm that. Praise God. Amen. You know, there's praise going up. So that's kind of neat. Musical instruments, obviously, dance is a way to praise the Lord, in moderation, of course. But <laughs> and then where should we praise the Lord? Sorry, that was my final one. Where should we praise the Lord? Again, the answer is yes. <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere that the Lord should be praised. Anywhere. Anything. Anything you're doing. Anytime. It could be your car. It could be your home. It could be in the sanctuary. And as we know from the New Testament, it could be in prison. You could be praising the Lord. And we know what happened there. So I think that uh, just to recap, I, I, again, I, I don't typically lean to topical things, but I just felt like David did such a good job, and I love the Psalms because, again, the Psalms show how David had a relationship with the Lord, and he showed that in verse and in song. 
And so if, as you read through Psalms or you watch the way David wrote and the things he, he attributed to the Lord and the deliverance that came from the Lord and then what, what he, how he replied to the Lord is, is a conversation. It's an ongoing thing. It's a relationship. You can't have a relationship without a conversation. So just, in, just to kind of sum things up, what praise is, is giving all glory to God at all times. Why? Because we praise because God uh, God's perfect design, excuse me, let me start over with that. Why? This is back to the C.S. Lewis thing. We praise because by God's perfect design of us, it completes our relationship with Him. It's that last little factor that makes sense. When? We should continually be in a constant state of praise. Now, praise also, let me just put a pin in that. Praise can, praise should go along with prayer. Praise should be a part of prayer. How did, how did the Lord pray? I mean, we know that praise, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's praise. You know, you're glorified. You are sovereign. We start with that. But praise should be all throughout our prayers, no matter what we're praying for. And if we're constantly praying, we're constantly praising, right? Uh, instead of just like, oh, I don't you know. So what is the percentage in your conversations with the Lord? of praise to, to just simply request, you know. So when should we pray continually, right? For what? Um, uh, first and foremost, we should praise Him for His mercy and grace for making a way for us with salvation. For the good and the bad, how should we praise the Lord? Through song, conversations, prayer, thought life, and where? Everywhere. So now that we know what praise is, I would say, what does our praise look like? What does your praise look like? Is it vocal? Is it quiet? Is it, you know, in, in, a, in, in your daily talking with people, and your daily talking with your spouse, or your daily interacting with people, what's your percentage of complaining to praising? What's your percentage of, of the good and the bad? How, how, do we, how do you go about your day? It's almost something we should really think about. Like, I mean, are we, are, are, we, are we negative? Because when we're praising the Lord, it's kind of hard to be negative. It's, it kind of changes your, the atmosphere a bit, right? So what's your percentage? Are you praising or are you negative? So think about those things. I always like to have some kind of takeaway. Um, another thing I thought was interesting is if, you know, we've all been through things. I, I can look around the room and, and I know many people in here and I've talked to many people about their stories. I know what some of you have been through. Um, if you were to write a song of deliverance, like what would that look like? You know? And, and in fact, I might almost encourage you to write a song of deliverance or write, 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 or write a poem of deliverance. And, and we, I mean, if you want some examples, I, I, I know a place. Go to Psalms, and, and these are all really good examples of putting something in writing, whether it's in a journal, or you just do it a one, just, just a one-shot deal. Or maybe you look back on a specific part of your life where you remember how God delivered you, and just write something about it. Just write to Him. You know, this isn't some weird New Age thing. I'm just, I'm, it's not a therapy session. It's just, look, there's a hundred, how many... Chapters are there in the Psalms, 150 something, right? Uh, maybe we could try it, you know. So what, what would your song of deliverance look like? 
What would it sound like? Um, I just find that kind of an interesting thought. So, anyway, he is worthy. Uh, I find it kind of ironic as we, a good timing actually, coming into this Christmas season. Uh, we talked a little bit about in the elder meeting last night about uh, someone was just saying, hey, could you pray for me? I, I, I feel like as I come into the season that I always just blaze through it at like 70 miles an hour. And it's, all of a sudden it's New Year's. I went, ah, oh, I missed the whole thing. You know, just with, between busy with this and busy with that, this party and that party. Like maybe we can just kind of slow down a little bit, take a deep breath, stop, and just kind of go, take, a, take, take tomorrow and just kind of go hour by hour and just slow down and take time to praise the Lord. And when I, when I say praise the Lord, I don't mean just like, hallelujah. well, you could do the hallelujahs, you know, but like, but just conversationally, Lord, thank you for, praise your name for giving me breath today. Praise your name that I, I'm, I'm well enough to go to work. You know, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross. And let me, let me think about that for the next, you know, however long it is up until, up until Christmas, just to slow down, think about these things, focus on praise, focus on just kind of just taking your foot off the gas a little bit and just slowing down and just maybe the time that you would spend scrolling or the time that you would spend watching the news, just kind of turn it off intentionally and just rest and just rest in Him and to think about Him and to, to dwell in His, in His Word. And uh, it brings praise and glory to God when you're, when you're reading His Word and affirming it. So I would encourage you tonight, um, this is the time when we've caught it early enough, so to speak, as the doctor would say. This is a time where now we can begin to go ahead and slow down. And just as you drive home tonight, notice the lights. Thank you, Lord, for electricity. Praise your name for the beauty that comes from these little twinkly LED lights, you know, and thank you for the, the weather and, and it's, you know, all those types of things. Um, I think it's important to stop and give, give credit where credit's due. Amen? Amen? All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you uh, first and foremost for, for who you are, that you are sovereign, that you are the creator of the universe, that you are the creator of us, Lord, and thank you for... Um, Thank you for your entire story that you planned out, Lord, that you made a way for us, Father, to restore us to relationship with you, Lord. Lord, let us never forget that. Let, it, let that, the praise of that alone be always on our thoughts and our lips, Lord. Lord, as we leave here tonight and we look forward to a wonderful gathering for a, a festive dinner Saturday, our potluck dinner, Lord, I pray that you are just in our thoughts, that everything that we see and do and can experience, Lord, that we, we give you credit for and we praise your name for it, Lord. Be with us tonight as we go home. Give us good rest and bring us back together safely this weekend. In your name we pray. Amen.